0: Everybody, welcome to New Hope Radio and the Hope Club Podcast. We've got a good topic today. You know what? Today's topic is a topic that every single person that ever lived should really hear. I say that because there are some that never heard it, and then there are some that misunderstand it. Oh yeah, I'm going to set the record straight today. And you know what that record is? Who is Jesus Christ? That's a very important question. You know why? Because it has eternal ramifications. And whether you believe it or not, it doesn't matter. You don't have to believe in gravity. But I wouldn't jump out of a tree if I were you. <laughs> Jesus Christ and what you do with him has eternal ramifications. We're continuing in our series called Bible Basics, learning about the foundations of the faith, and today we take a look at Christology. Christology is a term that simply describes the study of Jesus Christ. The word ology, it means a subject of study or a branch of knowledge, right? And so what is it we're studying? We're studying who is Jesus Christ, the most important topic that anyone can ever learn, like I said, because it has eternal ramifications. So, Christology is a study of the person of Christ, a well-fitted study for the Christian and the non-Christian as well. I'm going to break it up into seven sessions of teaching. The first one, this time around, we're going to talk about the pre-incarnate Son of God. Do you know what that means? If you do, beautiful. If not, stick around. And then, in another session, we'll talk about the incarnate. Son of God. Then we're going to talk about the efficacious suffering, death, and burial of the Son of God. Then we'll talk about the resurrection of the Son of God and the ascension and the session of the Son of God. Then we'll be talking about the second coming and the kingdom of the Son of God. And then finally, session number seven, the eternal reign of the Son of God. So you see how important these are? Oh, yeah. They all affect human history, every one of them. So like I said, these topics are part of our Bible Basics series because they form the basis of our knowledge of who Christ is. So let's begin. Who is Jesus Christ? He is the pre-incarnate Son of God. Now, what does that mean? Well, Incarnate means embodied in flesh, to be made flesh. Okay? We sing at Christmas time. Yea, Lord, we greet thee, born this happy morning. Jesus, to thee be glory given, word of the Father, now in flesh appearing. That's the incarnation of Christ. Okay? So, today's topic the pre incarnate Christ means we're going to take a look at Jesus Christ before he took on human flesh, okay? Because he did exist in eternity past. This means that Jesus is eternal, which points to his divinity. Right off the bat, here's what we see. Jesus is divine. He's God, along with God the Father in God the Holy Spirit. Now, there are six aspects of his pre-incarnate state. Number one, and these are good to know. I write these down. If you get a pen and paper, man, write them down on your lunch bag right now. Number one, Christ is God. That's foundational. Back in the Old Testament, there's a prophet named Micah, and he said in Micah chapter 5, verse 2, But as for you, Bethlehem, Ephrathah, too little to be among the clans of Judah. He's talking about the town of Bethlehem. He said, from you, one will go forth, for me, to be ruler in Israel. His goings forth are from long ago, from the days of eternity. So Micah is prophesying in the Old Testament that Christ is going to be born in Bethlehem But that wasn't the beginning of his existence. That was the beginning of his human fleshly existence. But he, he's hailing from eternity past, from the days of eternity. Okay. So now we have the fulfillment in John 1 verse 1. And the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God that speaks of eternity past. And what happened in verse 14? The Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we saw His glory, glory as the only begotten from the Father, full of grace and truth. And what does John mean when he said, oh, we saw His glory? He means that when Jesus Christ lived on the earth and He was in His ministry, there was an experience at the Mount of Transfiguration. And his body radiated, his garments radiated with glory. And that's the glory that John saw, a radiation of Christ. And Moses and Elijah came to minister to him. That was a picture of the resurrected Christ. So they saw him in all of his glory. Okay? The second aspect of the pre-incarnate Christ did you know that he's the actual creator of all things? In Colossians 1.15, it says, He is the image of the invisible God. That's why Jesus could say, If you've seen me, you've seen the Father, the Father's Spirit, but you can know everything about the Father by knowing Christ. He's the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him, all things were created, both in the heavens and on earth, Visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, here it comes, all things have been created through him and for him. The creation came through Christ, and the creation is for Christ. And if you're part of the creation, which you are, you are for him. And then verse 17 says, he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. Now, in order to be the creator, you must exist before the creation, right? So Jesus did. He existed before the creation, and then he brought the creation into existence. Hebrews 1 tells us And you, Lord, in the beginning, laid the foundation of the earth, and the heavens are the works of your hands. I'm like, wow, the heavens, they're like the handiwork of Christ. What is handiwork? Something easy, right? Something light. The heavens are the handiwork of Christ. Think of how powerful he is. That's why if you're a follower of Christ, man, you're on his side. Yeah, and he's on your side. Thirdly, Christ is named as one equal to the Trinity. Okay? That's why some religions say, yeah, no, we know Jesus, but he's just a good guy. He's a man. No, he's more than that. He's God. In Genesis 1 1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The word God is the word Elohim. The M makes it plural. So we're speaking of. The plurality of God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Co-equal, co-eternal, all indistinct from one another. Jesus said of the Father, in John 10:30, I and the Father are one. So they're two distinct beings, but yet they're one in essence. That makes him God. Jesus said of the Holy Spirit in John 14:16, I will ask the Father, he will give you another helper that he may be with you forever. We saw this last time. The word another is the word alas. It means another one like me. So I'm like the Father. I'm divine. The, ho- the helper that I send you, the Holy Spirit, he's like me. He's divine. So the Trinity is divine, which means God, the Father. Son, Holy Spirit, okay? This is important. You know why? It forms the basis of our faith. Because there are thousands of religions out there that are so far removed from this knowledge. And you know what that makes them? Lost. Sadly, lost. Okay? The fourth aspect of the pre-incarnate Christ, before he took on human flesh, Christ is the Messiah of the Old Testament, because the Old Testament is all prophecies about the coming of Christ. Isaiah prophesied about Christ's coming in Isaiah 9, verse 6. Watch how beautiful this is. For a child will be born to us, a son will be given to us, that's Christmas, and the government will rest on his shoulders, that's the millennial kingdom. And his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. There will be no end to the increase of his government or of peace. What a beautiful picture of the coming reigning Christ. But you know, before the crown, you know what we have? The cross the cross before the crown. And Isaiah also prophesied, chapter 53, verse 5, he was pierced through for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The chastening of our well-being fell upon him. And by his scourging, we are healed. That's Christ on the cross. Pierced through with the soldier's spear, nailed through his hands and his feet, crushed by the Romans and by his father, chastening us for the sins of the world. It all fell upon him. And when the Bible says by his scourging we are healed, it doesn't mean a physical healing. The word healed means the healing of a broken relationship that the sacrifice of Christ healed the broken relationship between God and man. And those who come to God through Christ are restored back to God again. Okay? It's about being restored back to God. Because what happened? When we were born, we were born with a sin nature. That sin nature alienated us from God. We're dead in sin, lost in sin. And so Christ came and died. And when you believed on him, who he is and what he did, you become reconciled back to God. The broken relationship was healed. Think of Christ as the bridge between, over a chasm. You're on one side, God's on the other. It's impassable. But Christ is the bridge. And through Christ, you get to God. That's it. It's not through behavior. It's not through church. It's not through morality. It's through faith. It's through faith in Christ that I get to God. That's it. The fifth aspect of the pre-incarnate Christ is he is the angel of Jehovah. Maybe you've seen that term in the Bible. Jesus often shows up that way. The most notable being in Exodus chapter 3, verse 2. It's a scene at the burning bush. Remember that? Moses is out taking the sheep for a walk, and all of a sudden this bush speaks to him. And it says, The angel of the Lord appeared to him, and a blazing fire from the midst of a bush. And he looked, and behold, the bush was burning with fire, yet... The bush was not consumed. Huh. That's what made Moses turn away and look at the bush. He's saying, wait a minute. This bush that's on fire, he's seen burning bushes before, but they all went out. This one continued to burn. He said, that's strange. Let me go investigate the bush that's not burning out. It keeps burning. And when he went over to the bush, the bush spoke. And it was the Lord within the bush. Moses, Moses, think about the angel of the Lord. That was a pre-incarnate mention of Jesus Christ. Christ spoke to Moses from the bush. And he gave Moses the challenge. You're going to go down to Pharaoh. You're going to tell him, let the people go. Let the people go out into the wilderness and worship me. And then we have the whole story of the Exodus. But that was the angel of the Lord The pre-incarnate Christ speaking to Moses from the burning bush. There were other places where Christ showed up as well. That's the Old Testament. Now, the New Testament also speaks of the pre-incarnate Christ. And that's so important that we know that Jesus was around eternally. He has no beginning, and he certainly has no end. Yes, there was a time he took upon himself to human flesh, but he always existed. Philippians 2, six. the testimony of Scripture. Here's what Paul wrote. Who, although speaking of Christ, he existed in the form of God, he did not regard equality with God a thing, To be grasped. In other words, something to be held on to. He was equal to God in eternity past, but he didn't hang on to it. In verse 7, he emptied himself, taking the form of a bondservant and being made in the likeness of men. Now that word emptied, it's the word keno'o, to make empty, to make of no effect. In theological circles, they call it the doctrine of kenosis, which means that he laid aside his deity. He didn't no longer have deity. It just means he didn't use it. See, when Jesus took upon himself human flesh, he added the human nature to his already existing divine nature. And now he's a man with two natures, human and divine. It's called the hypostatic union, the union of two natures. So, though he is God when he was on the earth, he did not operate as God, but as a man. So, for this purpose, in verse 8, Paul said, "...being found in appearance as a man." He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. So in humility, what he didn't do was operate as God and in the power of God. Though he had that power, he didn't use it. say, well, how did he do all those things? You know how? Through faith in his Father through faith. How could Jesus say, be like me, if he had an advantage that we don't have? He operated in faith. You know, as a human, he defeated Satan. Think about that. Satan was the highest of all angels, and he was beaten by a human, by Jesus Christ, the God-man. That's what he was. Think about that. So, this is the first installment on our subject of Christology, okay? Christ is God. The pre-incarnate Christ is God, okay? That means before he took on human flesh, he existed as God in the past. Co-equal, co-eternal with God the Father and God the Holy Spirit. That's the Godhead, the Trinity, Okay? There are three members of the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. That's basic Christian doctrine. You want to be saved? you got to understand that and believe it. Okay, You might not completely be able to comprehend it, but you got to have faith to say, that's the God that I believe in. I believe in the Godhead. The Father sent the Son to die for the sins of the world. And the Holy Spirit is here to fill me, to indwell me, and to reveal the Word of God. Boom. There it is. So Christ is God, number one. Number two, He's the Creator. He made everything. Everything came into existence through Him, and it is for Him, and He holds it all together with the Word of His power. Now think of it. If He can hold the creation together, do you think He can hold you together together? course he can. He can hold you together. Place yourself in his care. He'll hold you together. Thirdly, he's equal, as I said, to the Trinity. He's equal. He's divine. Though he didn't operate in his divine nature, he is divine. He worked miracles as a man that had faith in God. He walked on water as a man that had faith in God. He died on a cross because God can't die. He died in his human form to atone for the sins of the world. And he knew God would raise him up because he had faith in God. Oh, it's amazing what faith can do. Christ is the Messiah of the Old Testament. For 4,000 years, people looked forward to the coming of Christ. They had scriptures which prophesied he would be born in Bethlehem. He would die on a cross. He would be forsaken by his Father. He's the Lamb that would be slain for the sins of the world. And it was prophesied before the foundation of the world. God had it all laid out. Human history is the fulfillment of the plan of God. That's how we need to see it, the fulfillment of God's plan. Christ is the angel of Jehovah. When the angel of Jehovah came to people, that was Jesus Christ. And he came at times to speak special things to special people. And Christ is also also testified by the Scriptures. See, we believe the Word of God is inspired by the Holy Spirit. That when the writers wrote the Word of God, the Holy Spirit moved them along, inspired them. It came directly from God. And they just wrote as God dictated. Remember the Gospels? We talked last time about how did they remember all of the sermons of Jesus? Because when Jesus sent another helper, the Holy Spirit, he would bring to their remembrance everything that Jesus said. So we'd be like, oh yeah. And then we even made a personal application that you might find yourself sharing things that you learned but you forgot. But they came out, and you say, wow. I didn't know I knew all that. Well, you did. You forgot it. But the Holy Spirit brought it out at the right time so you could share it with someone else. You know, I love the way God is just in control. God is in control. All we have to do is get on board. That's all. Get on board the gospel ship. He knows where it's going. Christ is at the helm Just get on board. And people that don't know Christ, they need to be told, listen, get on board. God will reveal it. I believe if someone has a heart to want to know Christ, God will reveal it to them. But if their heart is like, I don't care about that stuff, then you'll never know. You'll never know. And like Jesus said to the Pharisees, you are lost and you will die in your sins. That's it. Because as Jesus said about himself, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one gets to the Father but through me. He's the one. one. And he's made it that simple. So we get on board, and we believe. And God will make clear. Don't you worry. God will make clear the things that you might not understand in the beginning. And you begin this journey, this journey of faith and this journey of growth. And as time goes on, your eyes are opened and you learn more and more and more. But what does it take? It takes a willing heart. So mankind is divided down the middle. Those that have a willing heart that want to know, a humble heart, And those that have a prideful heart. They don't want to know. They know enough. They know what they think they need to know. And there's no more. And that's the sad commentary. That's the side of the line. You don't want to be on, believe me. You don't want to be there. You want to be with the humble. Because God exalts the proud. Raises up the proud. Gives grace. I mean, he exalts the humble. He makes war with the proud. Oh, I got that one wrong, didn't I? He exalts the humble. He resists the proud. Think about that. I think it's great to know the aspects of the incarnate Pre incarnate Son of God. We'll be learning about the incarnate Son of God. Who was this Jesus when he took upon himself human flesh? See, the more you know about Christ, I'm going to tell you something the greater advantage you'll have to live life. Try it. You want an advantage? Get to know Jesus Christ. And another way you'll get to know him is by joining the Hope Club. Get these emails every day. You'll grow in your faith. Go to newhoperadio.live. Click the menu bar. It's all there. It's all there. You want to grow in your faith? That's another place to be that you may do it.